Welcome to Kingdom Minded Podcast with Ray Munoz. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Kingdom Minded Podcast. It's me, Ray Munoz. Uh, so today, I'm very excited to be releasing this new episode um, that I have today uh, with a special guest. Um, if you've seen the Instagram post, you will see uh, the new guest that is being premiered today. <laughs> um, I'm going to kind of keep this portion, 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 I'm going to Texas. This portion of the podcast kind of short because the rest of the episode is a little bit lengthier than usual, but it's it's filled with a lot of great information, guys. So please don't be afraid of the length of it. Um, you know, it has just some great information in there for Sunday school uh, classrooms. And, and I feel like I've kind of been away from the Sunday school portion in this podcast lately. Um, just because I have a lot of great people that are coming on that do bus ministry. So um, I think we've been really focusing on that. And so I'm trying to make sure that I'm filling in a little bit with everything. So um, like I said, I'm going to keep this portion real short, but I do want to just kind of just greet you guys, say, hey, how's it going? Um, I did send out some uh, free merchandise to some of my, my listeners on their Instagram uh, stuff. So uh, if you guys happen to get that this week, I think most of you guys should be receiving it this week. Uh, go ahead and post it, tag it, tag me into it. Um, let me know you got it. Uh, you know, I'm really appreciate, appreciative that you guys are listening, man. I'm just all over the place today. Um, so, you know, I'm really just thankful that you guys are listening, um, that you guys are sharing and man, Instagram has been blowing up for me. So I'm really excited to see people are commenting and listening to old lessons or old lessons, old, um, episodes. And they're telling me that they love, you know, this, this and that. And so I'm just, man, I'm just excited for what's going on. Uh, I do want to give a, not a warning, I guess I would say, unfortunately I had some, uh, technical difficulties with this episode. Um, me and my guests recorded the episode and unfortunately for whatever reason, the first half got cut out. So we had to re-record it. So the editing, editing is a little rough on this one. So I do apologize, but the information is still there. Uh, you, you know, the, it's only a weird transition and I'm going to put a little something in there so you can kind of see where it is. Um, so we kind of jump in on the second part on a, a different subject and it kind of seems funny, but I'd rather just be honest with you guys and let you know what happened instead of trying to figure out how to edit, edit it without you guys noticing. And I just, you know, you guys deserve, you guys deserve honesty. So I'm just gonna be real with you guys. Um, but here we go on the new episode. Thank you guys for listening and enjoy this next guest. Welcome everybody uh, to another episode here. Uh, I got a special guest with me today. Brother Thomas Rome is with me. Uh, Brother Thomas, why don't you uh, say hello and uh, tell everybody about who you are. Well, my name is Brother Thomas Rome. I'm from Chalmette, Louisiana, suburb of New Orleans. Um, I've been the outreach director of the Christmas Pub Church. I've been involved in the uh, Bus ministry at Sunday School for 14 plus years. Uh, I also teach Sunday School. I teach the 10 to 13 year olds. Um, I'm also our ministers and training instructor. 
but um, we're not going to be talking about anything because of that. We'll be talking about bus fish, Sunday school, uh, and children's ministry. Um, so that's what I've been doing, man. I love it. And we also, um, the listeners for the audience, uh, we also have a book uh, on bus ministry and Sunday school. It's called From the Ground Up, How to Grow It Out to Tell the Church and Bus Ministry and Sunday School. Uh, the basic, the gist of it is about the first part, part of the book is how to start a bus ministry from scratch and how to uh, build a team, um, what to expect, do's and don'ts, um, the chapter on setbacks, um, unity, structure, and um, then the second half goes into Sunday school on how your Sunday school department has to uh, conform with all these bus kids that you're bringing. And then uh, there's a very important chapter on unity between bus ministry and Sunday school. Chapter of leadership and they have some testimonies to that. Uh, people who have won from bus ministers, one's a home mission pastor, homeless another one is uh, a foreign mission, actually, a foreign missionary, but the bishop of the works in Africa, southerners, he was one of a bus ministry in Sunday school. And one of them, and one of them is a lady in our church. She, her future husband and her in laws will pick her up. Uh, <laughs> On the bus, the Sunday school. So uh, mm-hmm. that's just a few right there. So it's fourteen ninety nine plus shipping and handling. All you gotta do is email me if you want a copy. Uh, you can email me at td dot r o m e at gmail dot com. Or uh, if you're gonna be in the Southern Cal area at the end of the month for the Children's Workshop uh, Conference, I'll be there with my book. So if you want to just wait till then and get your copy, if not, you can email me and I can have one shipped to you this week. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you, Brother Thomas, for uh, being on the podcast. Um, I'm excited uh, for this episode because today we're going to be talking about Sunday school classrooms. Um, okay. it's, it's a little bit different from what we've been talking about in previous episodes. Uh, we've touched on, uh, talked on uh, outreach, bus ministry, but we haven't had a chance to really dive into classrooms. And I know that's a lot of, lot of a big subject that a lot of listeners have been wanting us me to cover. Um, so uh, how did you get involved in children's ministry or Sunday school in particular? Well, I got involved. I started teaching Sunday school. Like, the, the first time I ever taught a Sunday school was right after um, Hurricane Katrina. I got this place in my grandmother's church in Alabama. And it's a very small it's a small country church. And where everybody gets used. Anybody or everybody gets used. I mean, it don't matter. They're going to eat you. And um, what happened was the pastor's wife, she, she was teaching, you know, maybe like, it was like five students in there. And, um, and that, she's like, would you like to teach Sunday school? Like, yep, so I can go with and mentor her. And before I could say yes, she just hands me the book. And so there you go. And that's how it started. It started right there. And um, and then from there, when I got back home, uh, I didn't teach Sunday school automatically. I got my came back home nine months after the storm. And then... Then, like a year later, uh, a spot opened up in the preaching class. It just so happened that the person who was teaching the preaching class was uh, my Sunday school teacher when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it was pretty cool, and I got to stand up her for a while and learn my happy Sunday school. But I really didn't get my hands into it until she left. She wound up going to um, Bible class in uh, for a little while to help the Bible class and teach. So I was kind of by myself after trying to find That's when I was really, the program really hit the road for me. Because I had to step up my game and I was at the same time. 
our bus ministry, our bus needs growth. I mean, uh, when we're getting over, it just seemed like every month somebody wanted, had a burden to burn a bus and pass it by another bus. And we're, it got to the point where our bus kids are outnumbering our regular church kids. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that caused me to step up my game. It really did because in, since we're talking about Sunday school, we'll just go ahead and go into it uh, for your audience. What bus ministry does, it's a revealer. It exposes who your church are. That's why some people don't want to know it. That's why people mm-hmm. pray. That's why some churches, some pastors are like, well, I don't want that. Why? Because they're afraid that they expose who they are. Now, I'm not saying in a bad way, but it's, it's, it's going to reveal. It's like going to the doctor and getting a diagnosis and, and thinking something's going on in your body. happening here. And yeah. the bus ministry does, it reveals and says, okay, this is where we are in church. Now, how do we perform? How do we set the first name? And wow. that happened with the now Sunday school department where we really had a transformer. We had a few combined classes, split classes. I mean, it gets to the point where even we meet the free teams. I taught the free teams for a long time, the boys and the girls. Well, it was growing so much, we had to split it where now I teach the boys and um, somebody else teaches the girls. Uh, not that we're trying to split it for gender reasons, but it was just growing. And um, we just thought that was the best way to talk to them. And we had to get the same thing with other classes. And what it caused me as a Sunday school teacher, because I was pathetic, I and mean, I really was. I was terrible. Um, I didn't point it right. I, didn't, I wasn't exciting. I didn't buy exciting snacks. I mean, I was just, I, I thought my thinking in Sunday school was small. I was a small minded person. Um, well, when I got in Sunday school, it caused me to elevate my thinking. And I, I'm so grateful for men like Philip Booker from Africa Sunday School. Um, it just so happened I met them at that same time. God put them in my path. You know, I'm able to make a connection with them. And he's been somewhat of a mentor in my life. Um, again, and how he helped me. He brought my thinking in Sunday school. He opened up my understanding, okay, you can't just teach a simple story no more uh, of David Boy, but now you gotta you gotta get down to that level and break it down and be able to minister to them and have fun with them. So that's uh, that's what changed for me, and and now I'm training young people to be Sunday school teachers in our Sunday school department, and I'm doing that same thing that I was going through. Like, hey man, make, elevate your thinking, bro. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, you have to step up your game and give everything you got to your Sunday school teachers. You listen, to this. this is not Sunday school. Sunday school teachers are the unsung heroes. They really are. Yeah, because yes, you are doing. The work of an evangelist. We think as an evangelist, and I'm not the great evangelist. I love evangelism. I mean, I go out and preach all the time. But when we think of an evangelist, we think of God and see come on the and preach the outcome, which is great. And I love it. But really, the word evangelist, evangelize means to declare the brain to go somewhere where the gospel has never been preached. You're breaking new ground. Mm-hmm. That's why when you're busting, and you send this to so when you're busting to bring the people who've never heard the gospel. You're, you're having a wonderful opportunity to teach somebody that's never heard the word of God. So that requires you to elevate your game and throughout the week study and prepare and plan your lesson out and your object lessons together and practice them. But, you know, plan it as you're preaching a big meeting. Uh, this is very important to God. This is a very children's ministry. It's mm-hmm. a serious business. This isn't a, a babysitting hour where we're feeding cookies and cooling. 
That's it's right. Much more, yeah. It's much more than that. I mean, you're yeah. putting the Word of God in the hearts of young people. As a matter of fact, let's look at the um, grace of the Bible. Jesus, the Bible says, he grew and waxed more in the spirit of the Word of God. Saying that when Moses, Moses was taught, as a matter of fact, uh, Paul was telling Timothy, and he said, that I taught you, your grandmother, uh, what was taught to you? Your grandmother, your mother, uh, Lewis, Eunice taught you as a child. You knew the Holy Scriptures. And look at those guys. They became the men impacted the world. So you don't yeah. know what you got in your classroom. you got to be able to see the goal in every one of those kids. you got to be able to see the potential in your classroom. I know sometimes they may smell. They may cut up. They may uh, uh, seem like they don't know nothing about the Bible. But you don't know what the potential is in that classroom. You don't know that until you start giving everything a God. Until you start seeing the next opportunity right we got mm-hmm. the next missionaries, we got the next ushers, we got the next choir leaders, uh, we got the next Sunday school teachers, bus workers. That's how you got to do it. You got to do it. And our job as Sunday school teachers is to develop them. Develop yeah. them. A year from now, and look back and see, wow, they just couldn't do that before. Now they can do this. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really our job as Sunday school teachers develop it now. Yeah. The word of God. You're, you're essentially speaking life into it, you know. Uh, right. You know, and I think it's really important as like w- what we do with our kids is that we don't, you know, our girls are pretty. I don't, I don't need to tell them they're beautiful. They know they're beautiful, you know. But and then there's a time and place to tell them that you know the boys they're handsome, they're beautiful. But you know what? I, I want to every time I see them or. You know, it's just like whenever I see these boys or, or girls from our church, I say, oh, man, look at that soul winner right there, you know, because right. I'm speaking things that I want them to be. Oh, man, there's that preacher right there or there's that right. bus driver, you know, and we're speaking instead of just saying, oh, well, you're pretty, sweetie, you know, like, yes, yeah, you're pretty, but that's not what we want you to be. We want you to be something for God, you know, That's right. God, and so we're, you know, you speak those things into those children, you know, and I always tell like my nieces and nephews. You know, their parents don't live for God, but I always tell them, oh, you're a soul winner, you know, or, you know, you're you're a man of God, or you're a Holy Ghost. We always say, you're a Holy Ghost boy, you know, or you're a Holy Ghost girl. And, um, you know, and um, because that's what, my, that's what my pastor would call the kids. He goes, oh, you're a Holy Ghost boy, or you're a Holy Ghost girl. So we started taking that, and we started calling the kids that, because it's like, you want to speak the things into it. Like I said, you don't know what you got in your room. You may, you may have, you know, world impactors in your classroom but if you don't speak those things into them they're they're not going to get that in your room they may get it some other time but why not start it while they're young you know you you can't look the problem in uh in john chapter four when jesus was witnessing to the samaritan woman Mm. when jesus witnessed to her all the disciples could see when he got back from lunch all they could see was jesus was uh, talking to an adulterous woman with five different men, and that she was a woman in Samaritan. That's mm-hmm. all they could see. But anyway, yeah. Jesus saw much more than that. Jesus saw a soul. Jesus yeah. saw somebody in need. And what they didn't realize, that woman was going to be the start of a great revival that you read about in Acts chapter 8 with Philip, mm-hmm. which started right there that Jesus started that revival because that woman dropped her pot and said, come see a man. Come see yeah. a man. And she went and told the entire city about who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's about what do you see in your classroom? Do you see souls or do you see a bunch of smelly kids? What do you see? 
I see potential. You see, look, and I might judge, and I might excuse the people's sense. Like, when we look at centers, this is, this application needs to be applied in all aspects of soul women, whether mm-hmm. you're reaching kids or adults. You got, yeah. you got to look past the piercings. You got to look past the mohawks and tattoos and mm-hmm. cigarette smells. Because I'm going to tell you this. No, I'm not justifying their sins. Or excuse yeah. them. They got to repent because the Holy Ghost just like everybody else. But, Paul, but remember, Paul said such was some of you. Some of mm. you were once that adult, or some of you were once thrown out on drugs. Some That's of right. You still wear the mohawk and look goofy. But the mm. Bible says that now you're washed and sanctified. Yeah. In the name of Jesus Christ. Now, you were such, Paul said such was some of you. So was some of you one of these guys at one point, but God had mercy on you. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm saying Jesus, look, if God looked on the outward, none of us would be saved. Yeah. Thank God that he didn't, you know, once somebody once said, thank God for Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I see the octave on it, but it's corny, though. It's just like, yeah. God for Jesus. But, you know, thankfully, God didn't see that. So that's really what you got to see in your classroom. You got to see souls and kids in need is what you and and I think I think that we would get more people involved in Sunday school. You know, like everybody's afraid of failing when they become a teacher. And I and I'll and I'll be right there on, on the same line as you as saying the first time I did it, it, I was horrible. You know, but it's just like anything in life. You know, some people like to cook. Some people they like to ride bikes or they like to. You know, musicians like to play the guitar. But everybody had to start at one place. You know. Right. And you may not be the best at it now, but if you put your heart into it, you know, if you put everything, if we put as much effort into our Sunday school classrooms as we do with Instagram posting or, you know, the people that want to make their Instagram page look all the same tint of colors and, you know, (laughs) or if we want to put as much into it as we do our, our trucks or our cars, you know, like, you know, when a guy details his car or something like that, you know, they put that time into it. They research into it. That's right. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm guilty of the same thing. I like, I like to put my research into things that I enjoy doing, you know. Yeah. But I'm not going to be putting more of my time and resource into those things, those earthly things, which, you know, we can have them. There's nothing wrong with them. But I'm not going to put more time into those and then – leave my classroom till the Sunday night, Saturday night before to prepare my lessons That's or right, to, yeah. or to come in an hour or half an hour before church and try <laughs> to whip up something before class. It no, doesn't work no, that way. No, does, no, sir. It does not. You have to, and I, I tell this to our, our guys in training and anybody else that you have to prepare for this thing all week long. Mm-hmm. I mean, you really have to put time and labor in. So it's, it's see that. And I, and I mentioned this to you before and somebody else, the reason why some people don't want to work a bus or they don't want to teach a Sunday school or even usher or door knock or whatever it may mm-hmm. be, it's because they don't want to be convenient, uh, inconvenient, yeah. inconvenient. They don't want to get out of their comfort zone. It's going to cause them to stop mm-hmm. out their routine or require to give them on time. Look, if, yeah. if we, God has called us to be kingdom builders, yeah. we're, king, we're kingdom builders. And if we're going to be a kingdom builder at revival, it's going to require some of your time. It's going to require your right. time. You know, when I plan for my Sunday school class uh, throughout the week, what I do is um, I already start. I, I'm already thinking about ahead what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, I start okay, this is the activity I'm going to do. This is some of the games I'm going to do. I write it down. I plan it out. I write about this in the book: how to plan out your class, uh, how to write. And this is what I do. I tell. I put. I kind of give an example 
I, I write it out. I write it out to the minute. That way, because our buses, we have a set time for our buses have to be dismissed. And yeah. I always want to make sure I want to at least get to the lesson, you know, for them that way mm-hmm. and give out snacks. But sometimes I can lose track of time because when you're planning, you'll never have nothing. You'll never run out of mm-hmm. nothing to do. And the worst, the yeah. worst thing for a school teacher is, man, you, you burn through it. And I've been mm-hmm. guilty of that before. I burned through it real quick. <laughs> you, you your know? lesson took like five minutes, and you were thinking it's going to go ten. You know, yeah, but really, really, but really, you really should keep a lesson between five to ten minutes, or maybe fifteen mm-hmm. at the most. Yeah, um, yeah. some kids' attention spans, I mean, it's like, you know, they, 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 look, there's a squirrel, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, so I would recommend honestly eight to ten, maybe twelve minutes. That's my mm-hmm. thing. That's me. If you want, if you want to do fifteen, twenty minutes, if that works, that's great. But um, uh, to me, I try not to. See, the atmosphere I try to create in my classroom is a fun, exciting place. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to make it a boring, sit-down math class for an hour straight. What I want to do, I want, I want them to know the expectation level. I want it to be high. Mm-hmm. I want it to be so high that man, when I go to Brother Tom, it's like man, you gonna have fun. You gonna get snacks. You gonna get games. See, I'm constantly. I'm, I'm pat, I, I mean, I have a main snack in my class. I usually do a good one like Takis or ice cream Snickers or ice cream Twix or uh, mm-hmm. you name it. You know, we'll have pizza. But throughout the course of the class, I buy. I go to Sam's or Costco's and I buy the big bag of um, fun-sized Twix or Snickers, and I'll, I'll pass them out for sign or roll. I'll pass mm-hmm. them out for getting you know getting questions right or behavior or just because. And also, yeah. I buy. They're very cheap. I, I get this big old bucket of bubble gum. Um, you know, you know those old, those old five cents bubble gum you can buy at the convenience store, mm-hmm. and I and full of pops and Airheads. I just start. I, I'm at my desk, and everybody just sitting there, and I just surprised. I just start throwing gum everywhere and throwing popsicles <laughs> and throwing Airheads, and they're all on the yeah. floor like little ants. Going, you know, yeah. it's fun. You know, having it fun, giving them something. You know, blessing the kids, uh, mm-hmm. being a blessing to them, and making it fun. And uh, I take them outside. We'll do a game real quick. Um, mm-hmm. Tech to relay. That's a fun one. It's like to do. Yeah. And then I may, I'm, his, there's a reason why I like to wear them out. That way, when they sit for the lesson, <laughs> they're quiet. Mm-hmm. They're worn out from all the games. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. oh okay. I'm going to sit down. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why I like to, but it's important as you as a teacher, as you're playing, get your materials. Don't wait to the last minute, especially if you're going to do an object lesson. Never oh, yeah. wait to the last minute. Practice yeah. through the week, get your materials together. Because sometimes, even Brother Booker would tell you this, mm-hmm. um, different ingredients and materials don't work as well. Sometimes, the off brand's better than the uh, name brand, you know, when it comes mm-hmm. to, you know, dealing with that stuff. Uh, so practice to get together, run through it, because um, I'm going to tell you something, nothing more embarrassing when you're not prepared, because the kids know it. The kids are not stupid. They know if, you're, if yeah. you have your game together. So mm-hmm. if you come and you don't have your game together, God's not going to bless and The kids are going to think it's boring. And mm-hmm. word around is going to say, man, the Thomas class is boring. You don't want to go in there, man. This is, this, yeah. you know. And plus, but now the, the, the church kids, they got to deal with it. Um, but the bus kids, they, won't, they, have they don't choice. have to come back. They have the choice not to come back. So you want to make it worth their while. You really do. Um, yeah. Uh, you as a teacher, you have control of that classroom. You've got mm-hmm. dominion. You have authority. Take control. That's your castle. That's your place. You don't You don't let the kids run the class. You run the class and have fun. You mm-hmm. say what goes. You say what stays. You say what happens. You, you've been given trust and authority from your pastor or your mm-hmm. Sunday school superintendent. To, to, to do that, you've been yeah. trusted. You know, you've been, you are, we are the stewards of the mysteries of God. Mm-hmm. We are those stewards. So, therefore, it's our job to be good stewards of the Word of God for these children. 
very, right. very important. So make this a classroom fun. Fun is, I got a chapter in my book. As a matter of fact, I think I'll be talking about this at the workshop. It's fun as a currency. Just like faith is the uh, currency in the kingdom of God, fun is a currency in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and I, fun, it's over with. Yeah, and I had listened to a, a podcast on youth ministry because I was trying to, I listened to, I'll listen to anything and I'll try and take whatever I can from it. But um, this one was talking about the balance of fun and um, spirituality. And you want to make sure you're balancing like the fun. We're just wrapping the fun around spiritualness because, you know, I yes. think the misconception of, of for kids going to church nowadays is it's boring, yeah. you know, and we, especially here at our church, we try and push that the kingdom of God is the greatest thing you could ever do. It's not boring. <laughs> You know, when when they come in our classroom or they come in our Sunday school, we want them to feel like as soon as they walk in, I feel fun. I feel, man, this is this is the greatest thing I've ever been to. They, I, I, you know, some one kids are like, well, you know, the happiest place on earth. They're like, oh, Disneyland. I say, no, that's that's church. <laughs> you know, and we, you know, we try to make it as big as possible and say, hey, you know, this is the greatest thing ever. You need to come here because you know you but you got to make it that, you know, you got to prepare your classroom oh, and your Sunday school. Just that, that's just a good point. I forgot to mention this earlier. Did mm-hmm. you say that they said happiest place on the city line? Mm-hmm. It's important for the Sunday school classroom to be a safe environment as well. Oh, yeah. Very important, very important case. I'm very important because uh, your kids that you're picking up with your bus, then they come from a piece of home, they get that picked on. It's mm-hmm. very important that that place is safe and fun. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's fun, but it's safe. They feel like they feel protected. They feel well. Very, very mm-hmm. important. Right there. Yeah, and I heard. I even heard one one person say. I don't remember who it was, but they were saying about how they would have a kid that would come every Sunday and they would fall asleep every Sunday in their classroom. And you know, someone was like, "Well, that kid keeps falling asleep every time he's coming." And someone had said, "You know, this may be the only place that that child feels peace enough." to come and sleep at that's right you know and granted we do want him awake and maybe he's old he's not old enough quite yet to stay awake the whole time but you know what i'll wake him up during altar time and we'll pray you know or i'll wake (laughs) him up during the time where where i really need him to pray you know but you know you never know he could be listening yeah yeah Yeah. You just keep planting that seed is what you're doing, you know. You're not gonna you're not gonna see it grow right away, but you just keep planting it. Um one thing I did want to talk to you about is curriculum. Do you use curriculum or do you come up with your own curriculum? Yeah, I, I I create my well. What I do is there's two things I do. I either create my own uh, what I feel like I need I need to talk about, like you know what mm-hmm. I need to cover. I'll make make quick make sure I cover the stories of the Bible, um, characters of the Bible, and or I'll go back to Tony's past Tony Stella's curriculum. You can buy that from www.bookstore.com. Um, it's a binder. Got a lot of good stuff. A lot of good resources. They even come with worksheets and color sheets and crosswords and, you know, word searches and things like that. Um, I'll go by that because he uses that for his bus ministry and those for, you know, for his Sunday school. 
I'll, mm-hmm. I'll use that or I'll create my own. Because the reason yep. why I like to create my own, I'm actually in the process of writing one for our church. I'm actually in the process of something for us, our you know, first Pentecostal church I'm at. I'm in the process of doing that. Why? Because that way we can make it relevant if it fits on that level that we're trying to reach. Mm-hmm. That's very important because sometimes I change it up because of what I feel like they need to learn, you know, or whatever. You know, it's another thing. Whatever you teach them, make sure that you bring it back to, to salvation. Wherever you're teaching them, bring it back to, you know, one God, baptism, mm-hmm. et cetera, because you never know when that child will be his last service there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and especially here at our church, I, I can really, I can, I can back that up because, um, so what we do for our curriculum, we used to use pre-bought curriculums for our church, but the problem was is I kept having to alter them to meet our needs. Yeah, um, as well. Yeah, and so what we do now, we have a yearly meeting usually in October or November. It's about a six-hour meeting. It's not anything short. So you know, I I really applaud our our Sunday school team for. Um, taking that time and investing into that. But we take a whole day meeting and we sit and we'll come up with themes that we're doing, we want to do for the year. And so like with an example, this month is the month of Easter. We're doing what we're calling the journey. And it's talking about Jesus's journey to the cross. And so that's what our whole month is about, is about Easter because we felt it would be easier to do that, especially with the time, and we're kind of wrapping it around the Easter play that we're doing at our church. Um, so every, you know, every month we come up with something different, but our curriculum, we, we sit and we brainstorm um, about what we're going to do for this month. So uh, for this month, we're taking different things, and we're thinking, okay, what happened on Jesus' journey to the cross? So we could talk about this. We could talk about how he healed the blind man. We can talk about how, you know, Palm Sunday, how he walked into, you know, on the donkey and then all this other stuff. And then, okay, so my pastor has spoken to me and he says, I want every Sunday to be an evangelistic trust. He goes, I don't want you teaching about the Ten Commandments. I don't want you teaching about Noah's Ark. He goes, you can. He goes, but that needs all some way, shape, or form be be brought back to the plan of salvation, you know, and that's something that we have to do every Sunday. So I'm essentially teaching the same thing every Sunday. I'm just wrapping it up in a different form, and I might be talking about something completely different. I might not use a story from the Bible. I might use a scripture that has to do with that, but it's all being brought back to that point of the plan of salvation, which is Jesus' name, baptism, uh, repentance, of your sins and speaking in the and speaking in tongues and receiving the Holy Ghost. So every Sunday, those kids are getting that opportunity to learn about the plan of salvation, you know. And they may never notice that, but you know, but that's what what we're that's what our plan is. That's our direction of our children's ministry every Sunday morning is to shoot for that. And you know, so that's how we kind of create our curriculum. Is you know, I'd love to teach on Noah and the Ark, but I got to figure out a way. You know, or the Ten Commandments, which is great. They need to know that. But I got to figure out a way that I'm going to squeeze in the plan of salvation in that. You know, so that's right. so for those teachers that are trying to, you know, I'm having trouble using this curriculum that may be uh, 
non-denominational and I got to change something every, you know, it's just like a, you know, like you were saying, we're evangelists. So you got to, you got to read your word. You got to study your word and you got to dig into the word and God's going to speak to you out of that, out of his word. You know, he's going to get, you're going to like, I hear stuff every Sunday during preaching and I'm like, Ooh, I like that. And I'll write it down or I'll take note of it because I'm going to come up with a lesson that's going to use that, you know? And, you know, it's just every, you know, we're just constantly preparing our, the word for, for the kids, you know, for the people of God, essentially. But yeah, that's what we do with our, our curriculum. We come up with our own every, every, well, we came up with it already, um, but we usually prepare it. So I'll usually do my lesson on Sunday, which has been prepared. And then Monday morning, I, I have, I know what I'm teaching for the whole month, but Monday morning is when I really start diving into studying it. Um, and then throughout the week, and then usually by Thursday or Friday, I'll start preparing anything that I need to prepare, you know. Um, but that's essentially how I start working on my, my lesson plan for that for that week. And then, like I said, the month's already been planned out for me. So I already did that work in October or November. So then, and it, I mean, it changes depending on the, what the Spirit of God tells you. And sometimes I just, I have something listed on the calendar that I know I'm supposed to be teaching, and then the Spirit of God says something else. And I just drop it, and we do what, what God wants us to do, you know? Yeah. So, um, but, as, yeah, as far as that, with that curriculum, that's what we do at our church. Um, now, I know you're, 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 big on, you're big on snacks, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I know, like, I've almost said, like, you're the king of snacks. Because every time <laughs> I, see, I see on Instagram, I see your... I see your um, your post, and I'm like, man, Brother Thomas is making me hungry because I'm seeing his classroom, and they're loaded up with snacks and pizza and, you know, putting a Twinkie inside of a pizza or something, something crazy like that. Um, but I even heard on one of your podcasts you were saying, like, don't go cheap on it, you know. These, these kids are, are worth it, you know. Um, but investing into those things, and, and, you know, like snacks are important. They're not necessarily needed all the time, but – it definitely is like a, a helper for your classroom. Well, I would say there. Well, I would say it's much more than just a couple. Here's the thing that we a lot of them. They're hungry, mm-hmm. and they look forward to that. So it's almost like, I mean, yeah. I mean, all you, all, all you need is work. I mean, at the end of the day, if all you have is the word, then that's all you have. That's what's going to work. But mm-hmm. you know, they show up hungry. And um, it's very important that you bring something worthy to them. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be fun. It's not, they, just, they make the world a difference, man. Um, it's like Brother Felt, Tony Felt once said, if it gives somebody a, a, a sausage biscuit every morning to get them to Sunday, Sunday school, is going to bring them so I can teach them the Word of God, then mm. I'll go ahead and I'll give them a sausage biscuit every Sunday so I can preach to them and pray them through the Holy Ghost. Yeah. So, now, I'm not saying that you, you got to do all this stuff. To, um, you know, you got to feed the poor. To build a church. Look, uh, I'm not saying that at all, but you're dealing with kids who they don't have that concept yet, and they just they're hungry, and that those snacks just it, it builds value and, and gives something worthy, gives mm-hmm. something that's that's worth it to them becoming. Um, I tell them all the time. I talk um, my teachers. Don't give anything that you wouldn't give to your own kids. Give something. Mm-hmm. You know, don't if you're gonna give out coke, don't give out Sam's Coke choice. Go get the coke. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If, you're gonna, if you're gonna give out candy bars, give name brand stuff, Snickers, and don't give out, you know, little, you know, 
pathetic stuff. Give out full king size stuff, you know, mm-hmm. king size Snickers, king size Reese's uh, peanut butter cups. I mean, give the best because this mm-hmm. is the kingdom of God. You know, it deserves yeah. our best. You yeah. know, and um, yeah, like you said, well, I, the reason why I bought snacks is not to demonstrate me. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, but I, I buy things because I want them to be blessed. I want my kids to come back. I want them yeah. to have the time. I want mm-hmm. them to have the time of their life in my life. Yeah. I really do. That's mm-hmm. that's what it's about to me. And and you I know. think what it what that brings up to me is, you know, it's just like supplies. It's just like crayons. It's just like, you know, uh, paper things like that. Like I know that some churches may not have the budget to supply that for their teachers. You know, I know definitely for our church, it's always been something that we've had to give upon ourselves. You know, we do have a budget, and sometimes it is in the budget, and we try to provide what we can. And then there's some seasons where the, the you know, the Sunday school funds are low, and we need to fundraise for it, or we need to, you know, but there's been plenty of times that teachers have given out of their own pocket for it, and they're not waiting on, you know, somebody to, to cut them a check because their classroom, you know, needs this or needs that. And, and that's definitely part of the, you know, like you were saying, they don't want the inconvenience. That's right. You know, and it's, I think you need to have that same attitude that we have when we give our tithe or our offering of that's right. giving unto the Lord with a cheerful heart. That's right. You know, and instead of griping and complaining about how you have to buy crayons because the kids keep breaking them, you know, just say, you know what, I'm going to buy these crayons and, you know, I'm going to give with a cheerful heart because, these crayons are going to win someone to the Lord, you know? Well, Jesus said, when you went as a, when I was born, when I was naked, you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. He said, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. When you did this unto the least of these, when you fed them, you did that to me. Yeah. But when, you, when, you're, when you're feeding those kids and you bless them, you're blessing the Lord. The Lord's going to return back to you. The Bible says, he that giveth to the poor shall not lack. Mm-hmm. He that giveth yeah. to the poor shall not lack. So when you invest in the kingdom of God, God's going to, God was, was going to return that bet. You know, we're now, now we're not doing this so we can become millionaires, but we're mm-hmm. doing this to, the, to bless the work of God, to bless the kingdom of God. But God says, hey, you give to me. Whatever you measure unto me, I'm going to measure back to you. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's that it's having that understanding that, that when you have to buy supplies or you have to buy things for your class, it's given unto the Lord. And God, right. and you're using it to, to, to whatever the situation is, whatever the money is going to, it's not in vain, you know, okay. and if we had that mentality, you know, like, it's just like what we do with anything else. If if they need money for missions, we're not given to the church. We're not given to this specific church. We're given to missions to give to these people That's that right. need it, you know, and it's, I think that we need to have that same mindset when, when it comes to buying supplies for our classroom and you know, if the public school teachers can do it on their own dime and not complain about it, yeah, yeah I know, right? You know, like yeah. are are we going to let so the public true. are we going to let the public school teachers one up the church? Exactly. Let me tell you something. When you give to the kingdom of God, you are not you are not given void. You are when you give to the kingdom of God, you're given to the eternity, and God mm-hmm. hasn't taken note. And listen, yeah. it's not so listen. If you see my Instagram post, you're like, oh, God, this guy spends a lot on snacks. Yeah, I do. I, I spend, like, I'll go pick it all at one time. I'll go pick up a bunch of stuff. I mm-hmm. usually, it ranges between 7 to $100, but that will last me about a month, mm-hmm. you know, or less. It just depends on what I do. And it, I do a lot. And look, yeah. that, that, not, that's the way I look at it, brother. This is my ministry. Mm-hmm. That's how I see it. This is my ministry. This is my baby. 
I want to make this happen. Like I said, you're the teacher. You make you can make it happen. Whatever you mm-hmm. invest into your ministry, God will bless. Yeah. You, and then Bible says, Bible says, mm-hmm. if you reap sparingly, you sow sparingly. But if you yeah. reap bountifully, you're gonna uh, sow bountifully. Yeah. You're gonna reap bountifully. And someone may be listening and saying, you know, I can't spend that much money on candy. Well, you know, no one's saying you have to. You know, what we're saying is maybe you're a baker or maybe you know someone that's a baker. You know, a box of cake mix is going to cost what? $3? Yeah. A frosting for maybe $2? Bake a cake every Sunday. Give them cake every Sunday if that's what, you know. Well, I'll tell you this. One of the things the kids like, they have to understand, they sell these things on hobby. And they like twelve bucks for a box of Twinkers. Okay. Mm. And here's another thing we do, Phil. I want to tell your audience: not only do our kids when they get they get snacks, not only in Sunday school, but they also get snacks on the bus on the way home. Mm-hmm. We make sure they get blessed when they go yeah. home. When it's that done, they know. But when you come, when you leave our church, you ain't mm. you ain't you ain't leaving hungry. Let me tell you that right yeah. now. Uh, well, our kids. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's I just wanted to throw that out there real quick. But yeah, you're right. You don't have to go through me. I just do it because I'm, I'm, I'm retarded like that. You know, I just, you know, yeah, I, no. I, I, go, I, I go nuts with it. You know, I'm like, like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I got carried away. I'm like, give me these, give me these stickers, give me these twists, give me this, give me this, I'm buying whole stuff here. I'm like, give me those Skittles. I want the Skittles too. Yeah, give me the yeah. gum. You know, I'm just, and that lasts me a long time. Okay. That yeah. Yeah, and there's and there's ways of doing it within everybody's budget. Like I said, yeah. you could you could bake a cake every Sunday, and those kids would love it. They're like, man, you got to come to my Sunday school class because we have cake every Sunday, you know. Or right. you know, whether it's breakfast, I've heard about one person where they where their Sunday school teacher baked made pancakes in the classroom every Sunday, you know, and it and it cost them maybe five dollars to bake some pancakes every Sunday, but those kids, those kids remembered that because that teacher said, I got what I can give, and I'm going to give it. And I'm, it may take me a little bit more time. I may have to show up a little bit earlier to get that griddle ready and to make that mix, but I'm going to do what I can, you know. And somebody had asked, actually asked on Instagram a question about what, what do you do as far as decorations or even uh, treats. And, and you, you do it within your budget. That's you do right. It within, the Dollar Tree and the, dollar, the 98 cent store is my best friend. I will tell you that. <laughs> we, you have no idea. There's been times, like I said, there's been times where we've had to give out of our own pockets to, to get the Sunday school set built, you know. And it's right. just those times that we don't have the funds in the, in the, in the Sunday school, you know, account. We, we just had to buy it out of our own. And, and you know, sometimes we try, to, we try to be very costly or we try to be very uh, careful about how we're spending our money for the church because we don't want to abuse that. We don't right. ever want to be accused of abusing that. So we're trying to think, how can we do something, you know, like table, like our set designer is like incredible at thinking about things that, how can I do this? Oh, I found this where they used dollar tablecloths and I only had to buy 10 of them. So it only cost us $10 to do this, to this huge set with tablecloths, you know? Um, right. But like, I would have never thought about that, but it's just people that are taking the time to invest into their classrooms and see, hey, how can I do this? And it may not cost a ton of money. You go to the Dollar Tree, and you, you can see all the stuff that they got, and you just use your creativity or search online, you know, um, or steal ideas from other people, you know, and take ideas and say, you know, I saw that. How could I do that? that? That would be, you know, work for us. But it's the same thing with, like, you know, just finding 
what works for your budget and what works for your creativity. And there's no limit to that. You know, sometimes I've grabbed stuff out of my house and, and uh, some people be like, where's this at? Oh, I took it to church. I'll bring it back at the end of the month, <laughs> you know? And it's like, you know, I just use what I have and necessarily doesn't even have to cost us anything. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very important point on your budget, but at the same time, don't sacrifice quality and quantity mm-hmm. for that. Remember you're giving unto the Lord. Yeah. And some, God's blessed me since I've stepped up my giving on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's definitely, like I said, it's that offering mentality is that we're giving yes. unto the Lord. It's not my, I'm not, you know, I'm not buying these big candy bars just for myself. I'm buying these big candy bars because that's going yes. to get that kid to be excited about this, you know, and be right. excited about church. And, you know, it's that, like I said, offering mentality. And I think if we looked at our ministry that way, that I'm giving unto the Lord, and he's going he's gonna to return this a hundredfold. It may not be a hundredfold money-wise, but let's say you can't put a price on the kid getting the Holy Ghost. That's right. You can't, you can't put a price on someone being baptized in Jesus' name, you know, but that's that hundredfold at some times, you know, and God's faithful. Uh, you know, God's faithful to return finances too. And I don't, I don't think that he's not faithful to do that. I don't think that God, like if you give the money, not saying that God's not going to bless you financially, he will. You just have to believe in it, you know? And when we're giving our time and our, our money, it's just part of the game. You know, it's just part of the, the walk that we're trying to do and this, this this thing that we're trying to just get kids going to heaven and kids going, you know, being baptized and receiving the Holy Ghost. And it's going to take time and effort. Now you're exactly right, bro. All right, folks. So this is where kind of I had to pick up from the previous recording. I just want to fill you guys in on this. Uh, we were talking about... Uh, maximizing your opportunities in your classrooms and not, you know, letting it go by and not letting the chances of telling a kid, you know, let's pray and taking time in your classroom to pray and taking client time in your classrooms to, to show them the plan of salvation as the Bible tells us. So I just wanted to fill you in and I do a little sound effect in there, kind of let you know, oops, this is where I messed up. So um, enjoy the rest of the episode guys. Sorry about that, but you know, you—it's a good point as you're saying. Like, you know, you you always want to give them. That's what I was going to say. You always want to give them that opportunity. That you know, there's an opportunity you could be baptized. You know, don't don't you know? You want to you want to give them every opportunity to make that decision. You know, um, especially with ultra like praying. You know, like don't just let them leave that classroom without making sure you guys are praying. You know, and I've heard numerous stories from tons of people that have Sunday school classrooms that are five or six and kids get in the Holy Ghost. So it's not like you need to be in that church atmosphere, you know, that church setting or that service setting um, right. of, of an altar call, you know, God, God will move wherever God's moved That's in right. the middle of a grocery store. Why couldn't he move, you know, in That's your right. classroom? And, you know, you always want to, and that's what I think that we try to do, make sure we do, even if we don't have, a full-on, like, sometimes we'll have a full-on service, but we won't, you know, like, we have so much stuff going on for that day. We we don't have a teaching section, or if we do, it's very small, you know, and there's there's those Sundays where we do allow certain things like that, but at the end of the service, we want to make sure we're praying, That's so right. even if it's a small prayer, and, you know, we try to push that, you know, we, and we're not just like, you know, 
God, thank you for this day, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, amen. No, no, no. We want to let the spirit lead us. And sometimes, you know, we, we, we're talking and, you know, God, we had fun today, you know, and I, you know, and we'll, we'll say it's like, God, I pray that somebody here has fun. And I pray that somebody, you know, here, they remember this fun, you know, but like, we're trying to push these kids to get the Holy Ghost and remember what God is doing in this room. So even if it was a fun day, we want to push and let them remember you had fun at church. You know, you had fun in God's house. You had fun because God was here. You know what I mean? Right. And so we're always pushing for that opportunity for these kids to, to kind of, you know, they have a chance no matter what it is. If it's a barbecue day, we're gonna make we're gonna try and pull an altar call in the middle of barbecue. Day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? even when we're looking at the barbecue, if I left, <laughs> hey, but that's all right. You know, that's right. Hey, that's yeah. hey, whatever it takes. My my yeah. my theory is, hey man, whatever it takes to get them to the church, and whatever it takes to get religion with the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. whatever it takes, all means necessary. Yeah. And so on, uh, another thing I wanted to ask you, and I know a lot of people are probably wanting to hear about this. What do you do? With disruptive children, or what's your what's your discipline policy or plan? I have for your I, I, again, I talk about that in the book a lot, mm-hmm. and um, addressing that, and that's extremely important. And th- it's a decision that nobody wants to make, but it's got to be done. Because, see, I'm, again, I'm a bus worker, and I'm also a Sunday school teacher. Mm-hmm. I have the view of both both worlds, and the challenge is that when we have a disruptive kid in the church in our classroom. I work with them. I try to be as merciful as I can because I'm going to tell you something. If you're a Sunday school teacher and your primary goal is to send kids out, you shouldn't be teaching Sunday school. Mm-hmm. You should you should just step down because that's not the goal is to send kids out. Um, our goal is to reach them with the gospel. Now I understand there's going to be one or two of them that wants to be the clown. They want to show off. They want to be disruptive, have their way. Um, I usually try to sniff that out within 10 minutes. I try to get that out. I try to. I usually. I'm, I've been doing it long enough where I can point out the troublemaker quickly, and I try mm. to remove them because I don't want to be spending my whole class time correcting them the entire time. And what happens is, as you're spending the entire time correcting him, you're not only is that taking away your time, you're, you're and then taking away the kids from having a good time too, and mm-hmm. zapping the joy out of you and your kids. And it's making your classroom unpleasant. It's amazing what one kid can do in your classroom. Oh, man. Um, so <laughs> you, the quicker you can eliminate that individual, the better. Mm-hmm. You want to get rid of them. And um, I hate that. I mean, get rid of them. You know, send them to a disciplinary class or wherever your church may have. Because mm-hmm. it's not fair to everybody else. And one yeah. of the challenges I've always had is that I've had bus captains get upset. Because the kids have done that. And I understand. Trust me, I know it's like to go out there and work the field, bring the kids, and mm-hmm. pulling them to get sent out. But here's the thing you understand. It's not about you. It's about, I look at me when I'm as a teacher, I'm looking at the whole, overall whole thing. I'm looking mm-hmm. at the classroom. I'm trying to reach the whole classroom. Yeah, I'm trying to reach that one individual. But yeah. that individual, has, that's why you have to have rules set in place. And uh, I, I try to work with them. I really do. Before I send somebody out, I try to work with them. I yeah, really okay. do. I try to I try, I try to show him mercy. I said, listen, man, come on. I need you to look, man. We're going to have a fun time today. I, want, I need you to behave, okay? And then, uh, you know, I, I said, listen, if you got to go, I'm going to send you out. And what we do is we send them what's called, our disciplinary class is called the transitional class, meaning that they go down there. That means they get no snack. They don't get they don't, no fun time. They get a Bible lesson from this man who's very patient, 
He's a big mm-hmm. man. He's a fireman. He's a very tall man. So they're very intimidated by this guy. Mm-hmm. But he's very, he's so gentle though. He's a very, he's a gentle giant. And they, he teaches them a Bible study. He really does. And, uh, the purpose of them is not to stay there, but to transition out of that, to, to, to make them better, to make them better. And that's the purpose of it. We don't want them to keep going back to that class. And the way our system set up, this is how we're set up. Every church is different. I understand. Um, but what we set up is that if a student gets sent out three times in one month, um, they get suspended for two weeks, and um, and when they come back and if they get sent out uh, three more times again, uh, they get they get uh, they get suspended for a year. Um, mm-hmm. um, I know that seemed rough, but listen, um, well, if you're getting sent out six times in two months. Um, yeah. You don't you don't want to be at you don't want to be at Sunday school. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's the way we that's the way we look at it. You 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 you're, you're not wanting to be there. Okay, yeah. I understand if a student has a bad day. Now I'm gonna tell you this. Another thing we do too is right before we suspend a student, our, we give a, a suspension. Uh, we get a letter. The Sunday school department gives a letter to a bus captain, and we go to the parent. We try to reach out. You mm-hmm. know, listen, listen. Your little Johnny, little Susie's cutting up. If they do it again, we don't want to do this, but. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times the parents work with us. They really do. A lot of times the parents, you know, sometimes yeah. before my, I get my truck and leave, I hear some tears happening. I hear the bus <laughs> going. <laughs> but, but if the parent, but here's the thing though: if the parents not in their life, that's probably a good. That's probably the sign, the reason why they're acting up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and I, and I think discipline is important. Discipline is important. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that like with the bus ministry and the Sunday school teacher, they got to be working hand in hand. That's you right. Know. And I, I have a I have an important chapter on that, and I actually talked about one of my episodes, unity between bus mission and Sunday school. And I told, but we had a big meeting uh, last year about this, and I told, uh, I had the Sunday school director sit in, and chime in, and I told him, I said, listen, I understand what it's like for you to go work and you send kids, but I told bus captains, you can sniff out the bad ones on the bus. If they go on the bus and they start cutting up, it's a good sign they're going to be a problem. They, that's, that's most likely they're going to act up in the classroom. I said, but I told our bus captains, don't go up there and harass our teachers. Leave them alone. Um, mm-hmm. Trust the system. Trust our Sunday school teachers. Our Sunday school teachers want to reach their kids. They really yeah. do. Our Sunday school teachers have good intentions. They want to help people out. They want to help their kids out. They really mm-hmm. do. And because uh, we had we had an instance one time with that where we had a, a bus captain that was getting offended. Now I understand. I really do because he loves he loves his kids. He loves mm-hmm. his route. He's, he works. He's faithful to his route. But I had time. Look, man. I understand, but I'm looking at the overall picture here, bro. It's not just about that one kid. I'm, we're trying to reach all everybody. We can't. And here's the thing: that one bad kid can run off a bunch of good kids too. Mm-hmm. We've had both. We've lost. I'm telling you, from my route alone, I've lost 30 kids from bullying. Yeah, I lost. Yeah, and, you know, I have a zero tolerance for bullying. If you bully, that's it. There's no mercy. Oh yeah, there. You're, you're done. I mean, no, no bullying because it's bad enough that. They already have a bad environment at home. They have an abusive, you know, house. Why should mm-hmm. they come to church and have to experience the same thing? Our Sunday school classrooms need to be a safe and fun environment. When when they come to church, they have a glimpse of heaven. That's what mm-hmm. my pastor teaches me. He goes, Tom, show these kids a glimpse of heaven. Yeah. Show them love. Let let it be fun. So why should they come to your classroom on your bus and they got to deal with the same nonsense they deal with at home or at school? Yeah, you know, that's right. so I know this. A lot of people are probably disagreeing right now with what I'm saying, but I'm just speaking from experience. And this formula that we had, this plan, we've had some success. As a matter of fact, we don't have problems with bus kids anymore. 
I mean, every once in a while we, we get, I mean, this kid gets sent out because there's a little fight or they aggravate. That happens. That's normal. Mm-hmm. But we don't, we don't necessarily have, we, I haven't, well, I've only expelled one, one, somebody one time and we've only suspended somebody for a year one time. With one kid, he was, it was a special circumstance. He, it, was, it was weird. And this one kid that we expelled, he threatened to bring a gun uh, to shoot up everybody, which, now, when I was growing up, we probably would have laughed them all. But, you know, mm-hmm. in 2019, you, you got to take that seriously. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, we read about it all the time. But we actually wouldn't even report it to the sheriff's department to cover oh, yeah. ourselves. So, um, that was the only reason why we expelled him, because he made that comment. Because you never know. I mean, we live in 2019. That's very much possible. It happens almost on a, on, on a monthly basis. So, um, yeah. you know, so that's why we did that, you know. Um, I, have, I, have, I have a chapter on that, if you buy the book. I go in a lot more detail. I know we can't cover everything in this yeah. in this segment, but that's yeah. pretty much in a nutshell. And I actually got it broken down in the system with, that you can follow that, that, that you know that you can do. But it, the reason why I'm strict on discipline again, I try my best to work with them. I try my best to be merciful and um and help them out, but before I send them out, because listen, expulsion and suspension should be your last line. That should be the last result. That should be the last thing you go to because, again, that's not what we're here to do. We're not here to be mean. We're not here to be disciplinarians. We're here to reach people with the gospel and love them and help them. And, again, 99.1% of bus kids want to come. It's that 1% that wants to, you know, 1% or 2% that wants to be the clown. So, yeah. um, it, so but all you got to do is identify them. If you're a Sunday school teacher or bus worker, mark them correctly, identify them explain some of the rules and consequences and be firm with them. Mm-hmm. You know, do it with love. You know, be firm, do it with love. Um, but don't let them zap the joy because what's gonna happen is if you let if you if you tolerate this bus kids and um and you keep doing it, you're gonna lose bus kids and it's not exactly your joy as a Sunday school teacher. You're not gonna wanna do it no more because you're gonna be like, Oh my god, I don't have to deal with this every week. So yeah. you know, this is supposed to be fun. This is supposed to be a joy. You know, you don't want this to be a grudge only thing because you're gonna eventually you're gonna quit. So um, that's yeah, basically that, why I got right there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's important—the firmness and, and making sure you know. And we we have had issues like that before, or you know, and and like the bus captain will voice to me their concern about that, and I and I tell them, you know, I'm not kicking them out because of because the, the poor kid sneezed, you know, <laughs> and I have a right. vendetta out for him. That's not my yeah. Thing. We had but we had bus captains. <laughs> I'm like, why is he saying my bro? I'm not sending like they're like why? I'm like I'm not telling my dude like. We're not sending them out because, you know, listen, and that's an, and that brings me to another point I talk about in the book. As a Sunday school teacher, and this is a common mistake, I've made this too. Mm-hmm. But it took me time to learn. you got to learn know the difference between when they're hyperactive or when they're disrespectful. Yeah. So I, I, I know I now to experience when they're hyperactive or they're just being plainly disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just want to be there. And I made the mistake by sending them out just because they're being hyperactive. And one of the things I learned, brother, was to pick my battles. I don't get on to them for everything. I don't want to be known as a mean Sunday school teacher uh, mm-hmm. or all, constantly getting on to them. But I pick my battles. Like when I'm teaching, somebody wants to lay their head down and make a pallet, I let them do it. There's no longer they're quiet. I don't teach to somebody else that's listening. Some people, mm-hmm. they want to get on to that. But you know what? I want to pick my battles. Yeah. I don't want to be yelling. Because I'm going to tell you something. With kids in the classroom, they're going to be touching stuff. They're going to get up for no reason. Like one mm-hmm. boy, he gets up and he just starts touching the papers on the desk. I mean, 
I'm like, Clifford, what are you doing, buddy? I love mm-hmm. this guy. He's a great guy. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, look, here, here's a, here's a twist. Go sit down. <laughs> I'm like, hey, go play with that, man. You yeah. know, and uh, I, I'm I like, go sit I down, have, man. <laughs> yeah, I had one boy. I had one boy. He, he stopped coming on a route because he moved. But he would come. He was in, the, he was in our midweek class. And he was a blurter. This kid just wanted to tell you about every little thing in his life when you were teaching, you know. And so I'm like, you know, teaching, I'd talk about, you know, and David, you know, um, you know, picked up a rock. Oh, I saw a rock the other day, blah, 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 you know, and disrupt the whole class. And then finally, you know, and he would not sit still. So finally I just, one day before class, they were all loading up and I was out there talking to him. I was just talking to him about his day. And he starts telling me about his day. And I just let him talk for maybe about five minutes. And then I asked him, you know, like, hey, what's going on? Why are you so sad? He's like, well, my mom, she forgot to pick me up from school today. And, and he just started uh, letting it go. And I tell you, but I let him talk. And I didn't have any disruption, disruptions from him, the whole, the whole class. Because, and I learned, I said, that kid, the reason he blurts and disrupts my classroom is because he has no one to talk to. And I gave him five minutes of my time, and it changed my classroom. That's good. And I had, you know, a, similar, I had a similar instance one time. This boy kept acting up. I was trying to work with him. And um, I said, look, man, you got to go. He goes, no, come, come, no, please, man. I'm like, no, bro, you can't be in here. And he goes, no, please, man, please. And I said, okay, man. You behave? Like, yes. Do I have your word? I'm going to give you another chance. Do I have your word? All right, I shook on it. I said, I got your word. And all of a sudden, this guy goes into how he never saw his daddy ever before. His daddy's been in Angola State Penitentiary all his life and never met his dad. And he's just starting to unload. It comes out of nowhere. It's like it just drops in like a bomb. Boom. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. All of a sudden, the atmosphere of the classroom totally changed because of this guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's, but I don't, again, I don't mind having showing mercy. I, I want to show, I, don't want, I hate sending them out. You know why? They, they're going to miss out. They're gonna, yeah. they're gonna, they're gonna miss out. And I don't want it to do that. Again, that's my last resort. But it's a tough decision that's got to be made. It's got to be done, though. It's yeah. got to be. I don't, I don't want to do it, but you have to do it if you want to have a successful classroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's definitely the work that you got to put in. Sometimes it's, you know, there's those boys that I have, I've had, I have boys and I had boys. I had one boy in particular. Every time I would correct him, he would get livid, and he oh, was yeah. like, he, yeah. Fall up and he'd walk out the classroom and he wouldn't look me in the eyes and he wouldn't talk to me. And, and I have another <laughs> I one. one. I had one too. Well, I had one. Yeah. You know why? It was on medication. But some of these kids, yeah, remember, we, we, you're getting these days. Remember, our society, our government's trying to put kids on medication and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And so I talked to him and, I, and you know what? And I learned that a lot of these boys and girls don't know how to deal with their emotions because no one's ever talked to them. And so right. I, he would get so mad, and you know what? And I and I have to tell teachers, and I have to tell bus captains, these kids don't come from perfect homes. You got to learn to. That's to, right. To to teach and I, them. I, I, and that's another thing I want to break up real quick. My I, I, I got it on my mind. Mm-hmm. I tell our Sunday school kids, why don't y'all take a ride with us? Take a walk with us on our bus routes and see the neighborhoods you come in before you start casting judgment on them. Oh yeah. Go yeah. see the homes that they live in before. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. let's see the kind of homes. Um, hey, um, hey, brother, can you hold on? I, I, I hate to do this. Can you hold on for oh, just no a problem. second? Yeah, no problem. Just one second.
sorry about that, man. No problem. Um, uh, but yeah, that's that's the thing, man. Uh, that's what the kids are dealing with. And I told, and I told, because one time we had a Sunday school teacher that was ready to send everybody out. And some people catch judgment. Well, once you ride with us, and you'll see the neighbor what we're, what we're talking about. It'll give you a different perspective of what you're dealing with. It'll open up your eyes, you know, why they act like they act like, and maybe you'll show you'll, you'll have a different mindset mm-hmm. in what you're dealing. With. Like one time we had these twin girls, man, they used to act up, man, they were bad, and mm-hmm. um, we tried working with them. But one day when I went over to the house to go talk to them, and I go talk to their mama, and I go and they walk invited me inside their home, and. uh I'm like, yeah, I'm moving. I'm like, no, we ain't moving. But I, I didn't know no furniture at all, nothing. Oh yeah. I'm like, why, why you said that? I'm like, oh no, no I just, and I'm, and I noticed they lived there. They lay on the floor, mm-hmm. and my heart began. My my dude, my heart dropped to the floor, man. I'm like, yeah. You, get, you know. So that's what we're dealing with here, man. We dealing. That's where we're reaching for people that nobody wants. We're reaching yeah. for um, the Samaritan, you know. Yeah. And that's what Jesus said: when you've done these things, at least to me, you've done them to me. That's why buying snacks is important because that's another thing about snacks. Those kids look forward to that. You know why? Especially during the summertime, that's all they may get to eat because mm-hmm. they're not in school and they're not getting that free lunch no more. That's right. You know. That's right. So that means the world to them. And a lot of times, one of the things I'm actually we're, we're about to start testing. I'm gonna I'm going one of my buses. We're gonna start test running this. I'm I'm gonna start uh, handing out these um those corn dogs with the sausage in them. Yeah. Right yeah. Beside, I'm gonna start passing those out and see how that works. Because mm-hmm. sometimes when they get on the bus, they're hungry. They're like, "Oh, oh yeah. we got some snack. Well, we got snack. Well, we got some snack. Like they want snack already, mm-hmm. and they're already hungry." So, and I find that sometimes when you feed them, see, I hold snack out to the last in class, but I use mm-hmm. it as a behavioral tool. But yeah. sometimes, as you're, that's why I hand out a lot of Twix and candy through the course of class to get their bellies and their minds settled. That way, mm-hmm. they can focus and pay attention. Because a lot of times, when kids are active. The hyper because they're hungry. They're hungry, yeah. you know, they, they need something to eat. So uh, that's why I try to pass out snacks. Ooh, I pass out candies and popsicles and uh, different things uh, during the course of class to settle them down. That way they can behave a little bit better. Like I mm-hmm. said before, it, it comes down to you got to tell the difference between are they just being the kid or are they just, or, or are they just being, okay, they're just being blankly disrespectful. Like they're not wanting to be here. And that's oh, yeah. gonna take that's gonna take time and experience to uh, to get. That's, that's gonna take some time yeah. to get used to. It's it's gonna take it's gonna take work. And you know, kind of going back to that boy, you know, he would run out, shut down, wouldn't talk <laughs> to you, and we'd have to send him home. Well, what ended up happening is I just finally started getting a little firmer with him, and I looked at him. I said, you know, you need to look at me in the eyes, and he's never been taught this, and he. He told yeah. me this to this day, and I looked at him. I said, "You need to look at me in the eyes." I said, "Because that's what men do." That's right. I go, "You're a man, and you need to look at me in the that eyes when good. I talk to you." And you know what? And to this day, now when I correct him, I don't have a problem with him. He doesn't get upset, doesn't blow up, and it's because I had to teach him, and 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 probably it's because no one's ever taught him that, you know. And I look and I look at him. And I say, I go, why do we look at each other in the eyes? So every now and then, I'll tell him that he goes, because we're men, brother Ray. We're men. Oh, that's good. You, you know, and it's like, and I, and it's like, you have to think that no one's ever taught them how to be a young lady. No one's ever taught them how to be a young man. You know why? You know because huh? because as you mentioned, you know why? I mentioned before, you know why? Because these kids, so what society is doing, instead of correcting the kids, they just give them medication. Here, mm-hmm. 
like they act they act themselves here. Here's something to calm me down, give me some antidepressants. They're not mm-hmm. being like I said. You're, you're, they don't they're not they don't have that manly figure in their life. They don't have that god that that woman motherly figure in their life to teach them how to be a man, teach them how to be a lady. And unfortunately, the church has to take has taken that role now. Like you, you're being the father figure to that young man. He, you know, you're teaching them the skills that he should be learning in his home. So. Yeah. Uh, man, that's good though. That is, see, that's powerful. That's why we do what we do, brother. That's why we do oh, what yeah. we do is to make that difference, man. Yeah. That's right. You know what? I'm a, you know what? I'm gonna try that next time I have a trouble kid. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. See, that's why, like, man, I, I want. Even though, look, even though I wrote a book and I got my own show, I don't know everything, <laughs> man. I, yeah. I'm still learning. I'm still learning how to do this stuff, man. Oh, yeah. I'm not. I'm still learning how to. You know. Yeah. Oh, well, the, the part of the reason I have I have guests on is so I can steal their ideas. Yeah, I'm still your ideas, man. I want, I'm gonna steal that, bro. That was good, man. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna try that, you know. But you, you know, and then I have another boy that's the same way. And so when I see that, I don't get discouraged anymore because I know that God can move on him, and I gotta just be that tool that God wants to use to teach that young boy that you know what this is what men do. We don't get mad, we don't lash out, and we don't shut down. We look each other, we look our problems in the eyes, and we. And we talk about it. And I always tell my kids, like, I know you're upset. I go, I'd be upset too. I go, but at the end of the day, you can't do that. And there's rules we got to follow. And, you know, sometimes it works. And, but majority, you know, majority of the time it does work, but sometimes it doesn't work. But you know what? We're doing our part to That's right. mold these boys and these girls to becoming, you know, men, of, men and women of God. That's and it right. may not happen. It may not happen today, but it may happen 10 years or 20 years down the road. Well, that, yeah. that's another thing about Sunday School and Bustin', which I wrote in the book, that this is not a miracle grow ministry. This is mm-hmm. a long-term, this is a long-term deal here. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're teaching, you're, te- you're, you're developing and reaching for your next ushers, your next Sunday School teachers, your next youth workers. This is what we're doing. This is the long-term thing. See, the problem that we have right now, even in the apostolic movement, this is why I, I, I even I wrote in the book, I am, my conviction is not to go to to any denominations of Baptist or charismatic for outreach methods. Why? They don't have the Holy Ghost. They don't have the Spirit of God moving in them. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That may be rough and that may be mean, but look, that's what I believe. I want to yeah. go to somebody like you. I want to go to uh, Brother Uzzle. I want to go to Brother Booker. I want to go to Brother Wilman. I want to go to these guys who've done They're men of God. Look, we don't. We got. We got enough examples in the outside movement. We don't have to go to the Baptist or charismatic growth mm-hmm. methods. And what happens is by going to them, they, they they got some weird out they got some weird out stuff. We don't have to go to them for all that. But, but anyway, because uh, we're we're reaching for a whole new type of people. Yeah. And the problem is we're going to this nominal methods is that they want quick results, fast mm-hmm. results, fast results. Like if this, you know. But here's the thing though: as you're reaching for people, it's it's a long term process. Yeah. Long term process, and that's what we and, and while you're doing it, here's the thing too. Brother, brother, while you're watering, while you're watering these kids, God's watering you back. Uh-huh. It's poured on you. That's what turns. That's what people got to realize. Yeah. That this isn't like the business world where we're trying to look for immediate results. But we're mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're investing into the kingdom of God. We're investing into the eternal here. You yeah. know. So. And but. you know, you know, I think I want to close on this. You know, you were saying about you you want to grow them, and you know what? If you wanted to grow fast. You know what grows fast? Weeds grow fast. Yes. Weeds grow yes, fast. Sir. 
but we don't want weeds in our church. We want big old sequoia trees that are just we want oak. We want oak trees that have roots in the ground. That have roots and that are not tromped. They're not easily pulled out. They're not going every direction where the wind takes them. You know, we're we're that's what you know. And when you want to water fast and you want to get those quick results, you're going to get people. You're going to get you can get a hundred weeds. So yeah. they're easily they're easily pulled out. And you're going to be, and they're going to go every direction, and they're not going to stick to what God wants to do, and they're not going to be rooted. But right. I, I want to thank you, Brother Thomas, um, for coming on today. Um, go ahead and fill us in on once again on your podcast that you have on Holy Ghost Radio and your and your book that is on for for sale. Um, I encourage you guys to get this. Uh, go ahead, Brother Thomas. Uh, well, our show is on every Monday night. It's on, as a matter of fact, it's going to be at 6 p.m. your time, uh, Pacific time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 8 p.m. Central Time, my time, and 9 p.m. Uh, East Coast. It's on Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2. Uh, it's on every Monday. And matter of fact, this this Monday show is going to be on breaking barriers of racism through bus ministry. Uh, so it's, I know it's a hot topic right now, but it's something I feel like we need to address. And uh, and uh, if you want to catch any of the episodes, you can go on the podcast archive. Um, now, some of the episodes may not be uploaded just yet because right now Holy Ghost Radio is updating our podcast and our website, making it better. But uh, also oh, yeah. our book is going to be for – we still got a book uh, from the ground up on how to start a bus ministry and dealing with Sunday school. And there's a chapter on leadership. It's fourteen ninety nine plus shipping. You can email me at td.rome85 at gmail.com. And I also will be selling them at y'all. Y'all will be having a children's workshop coming up yeah. too, um, at the end of the month. Uh, I forgot the day seven day the twenty sixth seventh I think it is twenty sixth I believe so yeah that's another thing I wanted to bring up is Southern California Commit Children's Workshop Conference um, I just spoke with Tyler Hodge about some stuff that we're doing and also Brother Philip um, Philip Booker that they're you know we're all working together and trying to get this conference going um, it's going to be a powerful time I know Brother Thomas is going to be there. Uh, we're gonna actually we're having a few people from Louisiana at this yes. conference, so so I'm excited. I think um, you guys are gonna just pour in what you guys have and you know into us, and we're just gonna you know take that that fire that you guys have and just continue to work here in California. Um, you know it's gonna be at the end of the month, so if you guys have not registered, you can jump on Apostolic Sunday School, um, and you can there's a link on there. You should be able to register from there. If not, DM me. I can also give you some more information. Uh, but just remember, Brother Thomas will be there. He'll have You'll have your book there, right? Yes, I'll be having my books there. Yeah, he'll have his book there. And then also remember, folks, that I will be having a Kingdom Minded Podcast booth there at the conference in the foyer. Um, we're excited to see what's going to be happening that weekend. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Brother Thomas, for joining us today. Um, oh, man, it was a pleasure. Thank you, thank you, and we'll have to when you come down here, we'll we'll take you on some Holy Ghost food out here in California, oh, and, man. Get you, and get you some wild stuff. Uh, come on, but, man! <laughs> but thank you guys for listening. Remember to stay kingdom minded. God bless you.